भी है Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Across the Airways, the podcast dedicated to giving weekly TV show episode reviews, along with news and opinions on the television industry. I'm Dan Schmidt, your host, who would like to wish our great friend of this podcast, Michael J. Petty, a very happy birthday. And with me is a guy who wants to know what his sexy dentist does when she puts him under the gas. My co-host. Hey everybody, it's Nico, and welcome to Across the Airwaves. On this week's episode, we're going to be discussing the fall 2011 TV schedule, with us giving you our thoughts on which shows we are planning on watching, and the shows that are returning, and the overall layout of this schedule. But before that, as always, we have Nico's fantastic TV news. Indeed we do. Sci-Fi has begun its summer season with a bang with three great premieres last Monday night. Warehouse 13, Eureka, and The New Alphas, all which were great episodes, along with Haven starting up on Friday night. So if you haven't started watching those, make sure you go back and catch the first episodes. Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2 was brilliant. I saw it six hours before it was released in the U.S., which is the first time living down here it has been an advantage. So if you've not seen it, what the hell is wrong with you? Go see it now. Right now. There's probably a showing in the next hour somewhere near you. Go. Now. I'm talking to you. Those of you who haven't seen it, go. And it's pretty wicked in 3D if, if you can see it that way, too. Nathan is no danger to the Comic-Con scene. And the Comic-Con Survival Guide, in a recent question and answer article he was interviewed for, to read the article, check out our Facebook and Twitter page. Along the same lines, Castle has named its new captain to replace Mon- uh, Captain Montgomery in a recent press release, and it is a veteran TV character actor, Penny Johnson, who you may remember from shows such as October Road, The 4400, 24, Star Trek Deep Space Nine, ER, and many, many more. This could lead to an interesting situation for Castle and the squad in the upcoming season. Yeah, and uh, Penny Johnson, if many of you had watched 24, she played President Palmer, who was a big character in the earlier season of that show, wife. And she was known to be a very manipulative, backstabbing character. So we'll see if that comes over to Castle or not. But she was one of those characters that you love to hate. So we'll see what happens when she's brought into Castle and if we're going to be confronted with a character like that again. But we'll see. Finally, The Dark Knight Rises has released its posters and trailers, and they can be found out all over the interwebs. But look to our Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter feeds as we continue to release more Dark Knight Rises material in the weeks to come. And that, unfortunately, is this week's TV news with me. And two things to kind of piggyback onto that real quick. 
the trailers for the new Sherlock Holmes movie is also out. That was released with Harry Potter along with the Dark Knight trailer. So you can mm-hmm. check that out. And also, if you get the magazine or you want to pick it up off the news rack, there's an extended preview to Comic-Con in Entertainment Weekly. And it has an article all about the new Spider-Man film coming out. That's some really great pictures of the new costume. So definitely check out that, too. I added a link up to that on our Facebook page as well. So that's all there. And we had a minor audio issue when Nico was reading the first part. And there's a great question and answer article on Nathan Fillon, just in case you didn't catch that due to the audio issue. So check those all out on our Facebook page. So with that, I'm just going to kind of give this disclaimer here before we get things started on the fall TV schedule that I would advise for all of the listeners to use the ACC feed on this podcast or the list of links in the blog post for this podcast episode at acrosstheairways.com to watch all the trailers for all the new shows that we're going to be talking about today. Just so you have like a frame of reference that will allow you to follow along with this discussion. So we're going to get things started with our thoughts on this schedule for Monday night. And this will be the first night where we will be getting new TV this fall. So here's some great stuff for you guys to hear about. First off, on Monday night, in the 8-7 central time slot, we got the return of our man Neil Patrick Harris, as Barney Sensen, on a brand new season of How I Met Your Mother, where I hope that we will be introduced to the mother, because with many of the show's stars going off to be in movies, I think that this show only has a life expectancy as long as it's two-year contract. So hopefully we'll get things rolling on that story because the show's coming to an end soon and I definitely don't want that plotline to be rushed, especially when the show is called How I Met Your Mother. Following How I Met Your Mother, that I'm not really sure if I'm going to watch this or not, we have a new sitcom entitled Two Broke Girls. And this is starring Kat Dennings from Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist. And we also talked about her being in Thor. And this is supposedly supposed to be the next big sitcom. But we'll see about that because I still think shows like Community, Big Bang Theory, and Modern Family are still running strong. And I have much more interest in those shows than this one. I'm not exactly why I want to put my finger on that, but I'm much more pumped about those shows than this one. And competing against How I Met Your Mother and Two Broke Girls is the hour-long drama that Fox actually passed up on Falling Skies for. Terra Nova. And in my opinion, from the standpoint of visual effects, the prehistoric world that Terra Nova takes place in looks totally impressive. And it's enough to get me to watch the show. But that doesn't keep me from being apprehensive about it, since I can see the main characters fighting off dinosaurs Jurassic Park style every week may kind of get a little old. Plus, what doesn't help matters is the number of production delays that this show has had because it makes things look like Fox doesn't have a lot of faith in Terra Nova 
much in the same sense with the whole Firefly situation a couple years ago. Although I think that if this show does establish an understandable lost-like mythology established very early on in the show, I think it will be fine, despite my belief that Falling Skies, which is airing on TNT right now, has already outdone this show. And again, I'm much more hyped up about Falling Skies than Terra Nova as well. As for the 9-8 Central Time slot, we have Fox's always heavy hitter house. And on CBS, we've got the debut of Ashton Kutcher as the leading role on the sitcom juggernaut, Two and a Half Men. Now, I personally am not the biggest Ashton Kutcher fan. So for this time slot, I'm either probably going to get caught up on House or pop on my DVR or play some video games until the 10-9 central slot where on CBS, we are going to get the return of what is claimed to be, even though I think otherwise, Monday night's number one new show, Kawaii Five-O. And as excited as I am to see Steve McGarrett and company back in action, I am more excited for the ATA favorite that earned the title of best season finale of the 2010-2011 TV season, ABC's Castle. Sorry the actor who functions as a way of life on this podcast, the great, the very talented Nathan Fillon. And recently, Castle has created a lot of buzz when it comes to TV news, as it has been revealed that a new female character is going to be introduced at the start of Season 4. Now, that new female character right now has been established, the new captain, played by Penny Johnson. And the other interesting thing about this panel, and I don't think it warrants any reason to panic, but Sonic Haddock is not planned to be attending the Castle panel at Comic-Con prompting many fans that I don't think are as knowledgeable as we are to fear that her character, Kate Beckett, did not survive the conclusion to Season 3. And I don't think this is the case, but we'll see. So with that, Nico, what were your thoughts on Monday Night Television? Monday Night looks to be an exciting night of TV this season. While my focus will remain on the ADA favorites How I Met Your Mother and Castle... I'm also interested to test out the newcomer, Terra Nova, as well. Although Terra Nova is, unfortunately, going to be a much larger budget version of Falling Skies. Not the same storyline, but the same kind of uh, genre. It has been plagued by many production problems and going over budget and things of that nature, which are not good signs for a Fox show. No. So I'm a little hesitant to jump into it because I don't want to get invested in a show that Fox is just going to break my heart after 12 or 13 episodes and cancel. I feel you. Now, I'm going to watch it, but I'm, I'm going to be wary of it. Now, while we were very excited by the early part of last season's hit, Hawaii Five-0, I sort of lost interest in the later part of that season's story arc okay. and may only watch the first couple episodes this season – because I want to see how they wrap up the Steve McGarrett being accused of murder storyline. And then I may call it quits with this show. Though, I could easily be swayed back in the fold uh, and continue to watch this show if it piques my interest early on. So that's going to be a hit or miss yeah. the early part of the season for me. They're going to have to hit the ground running. They with, will. With Hawaii Five-0. The first season, it was a great first season. 
but this is a show that could face the sophomore slump. Absolutely. I think their overarching story is going to have to be more consistent than it was in the first season. Yes, very much so. Uh, especially, now, I will... Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I was just saying, especially with Castle ending the way it did at the end of last season, that I think where it's going to go this season. Yeah. They're going to be fighting against Castle for viewers all season. Yeah. Now, I will not be watching Two Broke Girls because it in no way interests me the slightest bit. Nor will I start watching the Playboy Club House or Two and a Half Men. Though I may watch the first episode of Two and a Half Men to see if and how they're going to kill off Charlie Sheen's character. Because that's the scuttlebutt going around is that they're going to kill him. So that there is no way he can reconcile and come back. Chuck Lorre is so angry with how everything went down that the rumor going around Hollywood is that he is going to forever forsake that character and make it so there's no way to reconcile and bring him back. But otherwise, the show holds no interest for me, so I may watch the first episode just to see how they kill off Charlie's character and how they bring in Ashton Kutcher's character to see if it's well done or if it's just wow. uh, one of those tr- classic where they bring in a new character and they have one of the main characters, probably the... Um, the brother. Yeah, the brother. He's going to say something like, I can see you fitting in here just fine. But then again, history tells us when they do pull a move like that, it usually gets canceled that season. Yeah. So let's see if history repeats itself. I'm not going to be following it very closely, but it would be interesting just to see. And well, I will watch that first I, episode. Eyes are going to be on Chuck Lorre and everyone with that show on how they handle things in that first episode. That's a lot of pressure for them. I'm glad I'm not in that spot. Yeah, I'm really surprised it's coming back at all. I know they had yeah. contracts with the other actors, but yeah, a lot of people watch that show for the Charlie character and just to see his debauchery both on screen and off. So they may get a huge spike for that first episode, just like people like me want to see what happens, but it's going to fall off real quick if the... Uh, Unless Ashton Kutcher comes on and plays Kelso again, you know, essentially a modified Kelso that fits into the story arc, most people are not going to be looking for much more from him in this TV role. Exactly. Well, I think Monday night is going to be probably dominated by ABC with the Dancing with the Stars and the Castle Powerhouse. Two Broke Girls is getting a lot of attention, but I'm not that excited about it. And I think the Playboy Bunny... Club is not going to work because NBC can never get anything to work at that type slot. <laughs> so, CBS yes. will be a strong second with uh, How I Met Your Mother and Hawaii Five-0 for sure. But ABC seems to have it with Castle, and you're absolutely right. Dancing with the Stars is a huge lead-in for Castle. I think CBS will be strong in spurts. Mm-hmm. Where How I Met Your Mother is going to be strong, I think Hawaii Five-0 is going to be strong. But I don't think it's going to be strong enough just because that castle finale has a lot of people talking. And again, we're all pretty excited for that. Question for you real quick on Castle. Do you think that the new captain, do you think she is going to be trouble for Castle and company? Or do you think she's just going to... For sure, it's in the first episode. There's going to be some tension. But um, I'm not sure it's going to be an overarching story where she continues to be trouble. He may win her over in that first episode. 
episode, but for sure in the, in the very first episode, there's going to be something. Or they may go the other route, the opposite of what I just said, and it may be that she's in the way every time, threatening to throw them off the case every single time. I think that would get old very quickly. Right. I think at the beginning there'll be some stuff. I don't think she's going to be out to get them. I don't think it's going to be like her character on 24 where she was out to destroy people's careers and things like that. I think she's going to come in not knowing everything that's going on and then end up seeing things their way. Is that kind of what you're thinking? Yeah, and because only the four people, Castle's team, or Beckett's team rather, know of the trail of the previous captain, I was first thinking maybe she's going to come in trying to clean up the thing. But nobody knows it was dirty. Nobody knows he was dirty. Right. So there's not going to be that. I think they'll be suspicious of how he died. There'll be investigations and his death going on throughout the season, I think. I don't think it'll be uncovered. Okay. They were pretty adamant at the end of that episode last that it was going to be just amongst them four. Right. There will definitely be an investigation, especially since Becky shot too. There'll be an investigation into her shooting. It'll be interesting to see that's the one show I'm most psyched oh, yeah. to see how they, they come back. Definitely. I, there's going to be some changes, but I think they're going to be good. I'm looking forward to it. I think we're going to get more into that on our Comic-Con episode, where we talk about that panel, and we've got a little bit more material to work with to come up with theories, because all we've got is the new female captain. So yeah, absolutely. I have a feeling we'll be in a completely different place. So we're going to jump forward, just letting you guys know that you'll get more on our thoughts and our theories about Castle when we have that Comic-Con episode in a few weeks. So let's jump to Tuesday nights. And Tuesday night at the 8, 7 central time slot, includes the return of some heavy hitters this fall, including Fox's Glee, which I don't really watch, and CBS's NCIS, which is the number one drama on TV and one of Nico's favorites. But I feel like that show is going to lose some thunder throughout the season because I think they lost, Nico, you could correct me if I'm wrong, they lost two major characters at the end of the previous season. So the show may lose some thunder. Again, it's been on for a while, too. So it might be getting to that point where it needs to end. So we'll see where that goes. Hopefully it'll maintain its number one, but we'll see uh, without those two major characters. ABC on Tuesday night, surprisingly, is also sporting a solid lineup. And no, this time it does not involve aliens or superheroes. It actually involves a new sitcom called Last Man Standing, starring Tim Allen which I will be watching because I was a big fan of Home Improvement back in the day, and my family and I liked watching it, so I know I'll probably be watching this with my dad. And this new show features Hector Elizondo, who you may have known for playing Joe in the Princess Diaries movies, or he was Dr. Bell, Monk's psychiatrist in the later seasons of that show. So he's going to be on there. I really like him. And they have Nancy Travis, who's another actress that's had movie experience. And so I think it's going to be a good show. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's Tim Allen doing his home improvement thing, but he's got a house of girls. So we'll see how that goes. 
it should be fun. But uh, that's not all ABC has to offer as Body of Proof, which is a show my parents enjoy watching. I know Nico likes it. There's a police procedural show that that starring Dana Delaney put up strong numbers as a latecomer in the 2010-11 season. And it returns in the fall at the 10-9 central spot. And I think it will continue to put up the same strong numbers. So check these shows out because the leading actors are good and I've enjoyed them in other things. So check out both of those shows. By the way, at the 9-8 central time slot, the CW Network may have a very new and different hit series with Rigger. A show that I will be watching at least for the first couple episodes because it stars Sarah Michelle Gellar, who has a really strong track record as a television actress for playing Buffy. Again, I had some issues with her kind of somewhat, I feel, coming off unappreciative towards fans of her role as Buffy the Vampire Slayer. But I think it'll be good. Plus, I mean, I don't know about you, Nico, but a show like Rigger, where the leading actress plays a set of twins that act as the protagonist and the antagonist. And this antagonist, played by Sarah Michelle Gellar, similar to her role in Cruel Intentions. So that has me kind of intrigued, that I'm intrigued with this whole twins thing, just from the standpoint of how they're going to pull it off. Again, this is the network that is the home of the Vampire Diaries and 90210. So the whole twins concept of one being the protagonist and the other being the antagonist may come across as lame or teeny bopper-like, but until I see this show go all Gossip Girl on me, I'm going to give it a watch. So with that, Nico, what's your thoughts on Tuesday Night Television? Well, Dan, NCIS, Body of Proof, and the new show, Last Man Standing, will be eating up most of the time on my Tuesday night schedule. Okay. while Glee and NCIS Los Angeles will be dropped from the schedule. I'm excited to see Tim Allen return to primetime, and I, too, was a huge fan of Home Improvement, as you said. And I've always found his humor funny, so any, you know anything he's going to be in, I'm going to give it a try at least. Yeah, That goes doubly for Hector Elizondo, because he's, as a supporting actor, and it's always fun to watch. He's the consummate professional as an actor, and I love seeing him because he, he can play such a range of characters. Now, as for The Ringer, I think I'll initially pass on this show, and if it seems to be getting good reviews, and you tell me it's worth watching, it might, I might try to fit it in during Christmas to get caught up, and okay. maybe after the break in January, once we've I've thinned down my schedule a little bit and find a little extra time in the week to watch some TV. I can fit it in. And I don't want to get jump into it if it's just going to be another CW flop or CW right. chick flick. Although I am usually a Sarah Michelle Gellar fan, and the prospect of her playing both twins in this series intrigues me. I just don't have the time to add the show to my schedule yet. So for the moment, I think it's going to be a pass. And a lot of the other shows on this night, Tuesday night, are probably going to be passes as well. Unless I hear some great news from some of the reviewers. Maybe some of the guys on IGN, if they're talking about how great it is, I might give them a try. Yeah, the whole thing about Tuesday night, it's interesting. They're kind of playing up the nostalgia factor a little bit with having the Tim Allen sitcom and the police procedural later that night. 
Mm-hmm. That's kind of that night that they used to have back in the day where it was Home Improvement and NYPD Blue. So right. they're kind of doing that again. And it worked for them in the past, so I don't see any harm in them doing that. As for Ringer, I think this is going to depend. I'm interested from someone who's kind of studied the television business, as this may be the future for the CW Network here. They have a new person in charge. Smallville is gone. I think they need a new direction. And I think this is more adult programming than the 90210 and the Gossip Girl. So I'm interested just to see from the standpoint of the network where it's going to go. And if this works, if this type of female-driven thriller will work on the network. Because they did Nikita. They've pushed that to Friday. I don't think that worked the way they wanted it to. So this is our their next shot. And again, they've banked on Sarah Michelle Geller before. So might as well do it again, right? Right. Now, as for your comments about NCIS, I've been unable to find any information about any of the main characters. I think what you might have been talking about was there was a second team that came in as part of the end of the overall story arc of last season. And two of them were killed in action. Okay, that might have been it. And one of the love interests of one of the main characters left the show. And another love interest died during shooting last season. So two of the four main characters' love interests died. At the end, one, uh, the actor actually died, and the other one, they wrote off the show. Not dead, but, you know, left because she almost died. And then a longtime supporting actor, or supporting character, I'm sorry, was killed in the second-to-last episode of the season, which was kind of a pretty dramatic thing. So it was... Quite a bit of shakeup at the end of the season. That might have been what you were thinking. Yeah, it was. I was talking to a friend of mine about it. And okay. He kind of wanted me to mention something briefly on the show about it. He doesn't think it's going to be the same with the loss of those characters. Okay. I might be completely wrong and missed missed some news about it, but probably to my knowledge, was. all four main characters are coming back. Okay. That's probably what it was. It's probably a supporting character. Okay. That he assumed it was Bane. Okay. But Maybe. I heard there was a shakeup, so I wanted to get, for those people that are NCIS fans who listen to this, I wanted them to get your two cents on that whole thing. Yeah, it's still the number one drama on TV, but even I have to admit it's not as good as the earlier seasons anymore. And some of the interactions are getting stale, or we've seen a lot of the stuff, so time to change some stuff up. And they've done a good job of changing directors every couple seasons, throwing in new uh, storylines with that. They have good overarching story arcs throughout the season. But on the day-to-day episodes, it's hard to write a different murder every time, you know? Yeah, uh, no, I understand it. But it, just it has gotten a little time. stale. Yeah, and it's not like they've gotten bad or they've lost their marvels or anything. Just right. with time, this happens. Exactly. And some shows know when to call it quits and others don't. Hopefully NCAS learns from their predecessor and doesn't rush the end of the show, which I'm referring to Jag on that one. Yes, and NCIS is technically a spinoff or jump out of uh, Jag. So, Yeah. So are you ready to move on to Wednesday, Miko? Indeed, indeed. All right, let's move on to Wednesday.
with Wednesday, there's really, for me, not much to talk about except for one really great show at 9-8 Central. And that's the Emmy Award-winning sitcom, Modern Family, which I've been watching over the summer. I pretty much all caught up on all the episodes. And I really believe that this is the best sitcom on television for a very wide range audience. I feel like it hits all the demographics and it's great for everyone to watch. And basically after watching the show for the past couple of weeks, I would have to say that even though the show is laugh out loud hilarious from several different aspects, what makes it highly amusing to me is the actor Ty Burrell as Phil Dunphy. And he's nominated for an Emmy for this role. And really, he's what makes him so great is he's taken the TV dad, like let's say Danny Tanner, for example. He's taken this TV dad in a new, innovative direction by playing it like he's this big kid. And I just seriously can't get enough of it. It cracks me up every episode, and I just have to keep watching it because I just love his performance as the father on the show, Phil Dunphy. He's just, he's a laugh-out-loud riot. And again, as great as it is to see ABC's best sitcom stand alone in the time slot, that it has proven to be a success over the past two seasons. I do think the network has a crash and burn on their hands in the 10 p.m. time slot with Revenge, a show that appears to be a lot like Melrose Place in the Hamptons. So this is like Gossip Girl version of Royal Pains, I guess. So I don't know how this is going to go. It, I watched the trailer for it. It looks absolutely ridiculous. But regardless of the show at 10 p.m., I still think ABC has the strongest lineup on Wednesday night. Because even though there are other comedies, uh, it's a new show, Happy Endings, and The Middle, sorry, Patricia Heaton, who you might have recognized from Everybody Loves Raymond, they're not as funny as Modern Family, but they're still amusing to watch when you want to take a load off after a hard day's work. And if comedy doesn't suit your taste, you can fill your night with one of Nico's favorites, Criminal Minds, and then that will then be followed up by the original CSI which in a shocking move, I guess, are going to replace, or I don't know if Lawrence Fishburne wants out, but Ted Danson is going to replace Lawrence Fishburne's character and I guess be the head of the CSI team. So that's interesting. I imagine him running a bar called Cheers, but I guess he's going to be a CSI guy. So we'll see how that plays out. So with that, Nico, what were your thoughts on Wednesday Night Television? You know, Wednesday night seems to be the bleakest for me with my schedule only having Criminal Minds and Modern Family currently. None of the new shows on any of the networks seem to catch my eye, and I'm, I'm dis- disappointed to see The X Factor will be eating up an hour and a half of Fox's Wednesday night. Yeah. When Idol comes back, it's going to be two days of that crap. With a third, because Idol takes up two days, and then X Factor will take up an hour and a half. And they'll probably have the results show from Idol in that other half hour. So we're having essentially two full days of performance television, which I know Idol is big, but it's so old for me. So there's not much more to say really about Wednesday. I'm really thoroughly disappointed with Wednesday's prospects. There's not much more I can say. Especially when you could easily put a show called Fringe on Wednesday night. 
and maybe get better ratings than you are on Friday night, but that's just me. Yeah, they'll get better ratings with X Factor than they would with Fringe, know, unfortunately. That is really sad. And X Factor is probably going to dominate the night, even though Modern Family is excellent. Yeah, and, it definitely has the opportunity to do that. I don't know why those shows are so popular, but they are. A lot of the viewing public loves Idol. A yeah. lot of the viewing public loves So You Think You Can Dance. I don't get it. I'm not a reality right. television fan. I'm not a competition television fan. So I like scripted, good writing. And, not, and, I, you know. and I think audiences <laughs> would equally like Modern Family. There's a lot of people in my family that haven't watched TV or have went away from TV for a while. And they've either told me about how they're watching it or we've had them watch an episode and they've really enjoyed it. It's very accessible to a lot of audiences. I don't know if you agree with that, Modern Family, or what's your take on it. I know you said it was funny. Yeah, I really enjoy Modern Family. I think it's well-written. It's it's always a good for a laugh or two, more than that usually. But unfortunately, half of the country disagrees with us and wants to watch people sing or wants to watch people do uh, whatever performance art. I mean, you can't fault people for what they like. It's no. just these are shows that you and I do not like, so right. we're talking about it. But it just disappoints me that they are dominating so much of the of Fox's schedule. Yeah, I feel like you need a mixture of a little bit of both. And yeah. That's kind of not happening, but whatever. We're going to move on to another night that's really big, especially for scripted television. The, the, all the networks are trying to do scripted program on this night, which is good. Give them props for that. That's Thursday night we're going to be talking about. And in my opinion, Thursday night, it's better than it's been in the past, but it still has a ton of viewing conflicts, such as Community and Big Bang Theory. They're still going to be facing off in the 8-7 Central time slot, which is something I kind of find silly on the part of NBC and CBS because both shows have the same audience. So in my opinion, I would recommend firing up the DVR than watching both shows. I have no idea. Why they're on at the same time, uh, it makes no sense because I enjoy both. I know people that want to watch both, so that doesn't make sense, but watch them. They're coming back. They're going to be a lot of fun. We're going to give them a minor segment on our podcast come this fall, so definitely get caught up on these because we're going to probably mention a joke or a funny comment or a funny scene that happened in these shows every week, so be on the lookout for that. Also, on Thursdays at the 9 p.m., that's 8 central slot. We have The Office on NBC. But my decision to continue watching that show is really going to strongly depend on do they get to replace Steve Carell. It's not been announced yet. The show left it as a big cliffhanger. They gave us an idea of some people that could replace Steve Carell. And if it is one of their prophesized persons, people, Catherine Tate who played Doctor Who's 
kind of ignoring companion in season four. Donna, I'm kind of for sure done. David Tennant has carried me along with that character, but I don't know if the cast of The Office can carry me along with Catherine Tate. So if it goes that way, I think I'm done. I got Nico and I can turn this into a whole big Doctor Who debate and there will be Doctor Who discussions coming soon to across the airways, but I would much rather spend time talking about the Matt Smith era and what's currently going on with that show than to go into all that. So anyway, we are going to move forward to another thing that's going to be in the 9 p.m. 8 central slot, and that's the return of a show that we cover here on ATA, and that's Bones. And the bad news is about Bones... It's understandable, but it's kind of bad news, is that it will not be returning until November due to the show star Emily Deschanel having her baby. So we're going to have to wait a little while. I think they wanted Bones to come back sooner, but due to baseball, things kind of got pushed back. Now, even though this wait for new episodes is kind of disappointing to Bones fans, it is understandable with her having the baby, but at least the door opened for a new CBS show, Person of Interest, to dominate the 9 p.m. 8 central time slot. And I'm very pumped up about this. I don't know if any of you read the buzz on the internet, but Person of Interest seems to have the most potential out of all the new pilots. Mainly because it has Jonathan Nolan, brother of Christopher Nolan. Jonathan Nolan was the screenwriter on The Dark Knight. And also the show has Lost slash Fringe creator, J.J. Abrams behind it. In my opinion, I feel he's the most creative mind in Hollywood. And so these two guys are coming together to make this show person of interest. And as a funny side note, I'm kind of interested in seeing how basically Ben from Lost and Jesus are going to team up to fight vigilante through traffic cams. And actually, in reality, both Jim Caviezel, who is known for playing Jesus in Passion of the Christ, that Michael Emerson, who played the character of Ben on Lost, are really great actors. And I'm intrigued to see them work together on this new series, which, believe it or not, received the highest test ratings of any drama pilot in 15 years, prompting the network to actually move CSI to Wednesday nights at 10 p.m. And other things worth mentioning about Thursday nights are The Mentalist on CBS, at 10 p.m. 9 central, which will probably dominate its time slot for another season. And at 8 p.m., uh, you can take it or leave it, ABC has a remake of Charlie's Angels, created by the original producers of Smallville, Alfred Gow and Miles Miller, which gives the show enough credibility to at least watch the pilot and make up my mind from there. Again, as a shout-out, to, I think it was Jay Coleman on our live show. Basically, I'm going to watch the pilot to see if Alan Miles are high or not with this show and how that's going to turn out. So with that, I'm going to move on to giving Nico's thoughts about Thursday Night Television, which is probably maybe going to include his reason why he's not going to be watching Charlie's Angels. But we'll see. He may surprise me. Thursday night is much more satisfying than Wednesday night's prospects. Yeah. I will be watching Community on NBC, Bones on Fox, and the entire CBS Thursday night lineup with Big Bang Theory, their new show, How to Be a Gentleman, 
person of interest, and the mentalist. All right. The mentalist left off with a huge cliffhanger at the end of the season with one of the main characters committing a murder in full view of the audience. We actually saw him commit the murder, and about 50 witnesses also saw it. Also, Bones, with the baby announcement, was a huge cliffhanger, too, both of which... um, Really interesting to see how they handle in the new season. Unfortunately, yeah. we have to see, you know, Bones later on. But in reality, Bones is the, yeah. But Bones is the show I am most excited to see the new season. Even though I'm really pumped for Community returning and Big Bang Theory, yeah. and even the Mentalists to see how they uh, handle the murder. I really want to see Bones, and I'm, I'm hoping that it jumps out strong and we get, like, we forget about last season and start off strong like we should have at the beginning of last season, yeah. and we get a much better season. Now, if I had more time for this Thursday night, that's a lot of TV to watch. Yeah, I may have given NBC's reimagination of the British series Prime Suspects a chance, but there just won't be enough time. And I'm not really sure if it will be anywhere near as good as the, what the critics have said about the original British series. So, I don't know. That's going to be another one. I may, if I hear really good things about it, try and pick it up at Christmas. Okay. Now, you're absolutely right, Dan. I have no desire to watch any of ABC's Chick Flick Thursday Night with Charlie's Angels, the terrible Grey's Anatomy, or its equally, if not worse, spinoff private practice none of these shows hold any interest for me nor should they for you right i just mentioned alan miles because we've talked about them before no some of you smallville fans might want to cross over with them really i mean smallville is good enough i should give them a chance i should see if it's going to be uh worth my time but i don't have that time and i'm not gonna waste it on exactly a show that I've already seen a ton of episodes of the original, and it wasn't good enough. It's not like they're redoing something I loved, and I have to see it to see if it lives up to it. Right. Or it's not a story. It's not something that I'm really interested in the comics, and they're bringing it to TV. No, this just doesn't hold my interest, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it a pass. Right, and the other thing is Cable is going to be throwing some programming at us in the fall to watch. So it's going to be hard to add a new show. Um, Psych is going to fit somewhere within all this as well. Now, we're going to be watching that and discussing that on Across the Airways. So I don't know where it's going to fit in, but that's another prospect for the fall. We probably have more information on those dates and things like that when Comic-Con comes out, because they're going to have a panel. And hopefully we can get our hands on the video of that panel to be able to give you some more insight on that season as well. So just keep an eye out for that. There's just a lot of stuff coming out. I'm also very excited to watch the Bones panel to see how they're going to give away and explain how they're going to play things out with having the baby and everything like that. I'm really excited about the logistics. Um, It's interesting. A lot of the shows we cover on ATA minus Chuck are going to have a lot of shakeups come this fall. And there's going to be things that we're used to seeing every week that are going to be different. So it's going to be real fun having that first episode back, us tackling everything that's kind of went off the rails in different directions. So it'll be fun. Um, Hopefully all these changes will be worth it and improve these shows. But we're just going to have to see and 
I'm excited, but I'm nervous at the same time. So we'll see there where that goes. Hopefully it won't lead to complaining for us on this show. Anyway, we're going to move on to our Friday night section, which may contain some complaining from us, but it could have been worse. So let's move on to talk about Friday nights. That the night, it starts off, I think, relatively simple with the final season of ATA favorite Chuck airing at 8-7 Central until the series comes to a close, supposedly sometime in winter. NBC gave them a half a season basically to wrap things up and solve the show. Nico and I kind of decided at the end of the season four finale that the show's kind of done. It can't go much farther than that, so they finally get their ending. I know they've had four endings already, but they're really going to have an ending this time in the winter, so that's going to be going on. And then at 9-8 Central, we have what I like to call a TV show pileup. And this has kind of created a problem for Across the Airways that also has led to our new format, which we're going to have that this fall. And we'll get into revealing that to you in a couple of weeks. But basically, we've got, at this time slot, we've got the shows that we cover on ATA, Fox's Fringe, which you know is a big favorite of ours, and the CW's Supernatural. So that's in that slot. And then there's a newcomer, one of the few NBC shows that I'm actually wanting to watch, Grimm. And all these shows, Fringe, Supernatural, and Grimm are all airing at the same time. So if you were listening to ATA at the time where I was ranting about the possibility of Fringe being canceled, common sense is basically going to tell you that I'm going to watch Fringe Live and watch Supernatural, which I know Supernatural made a few missteps this past season, but I'm going to be watching it after I watch Fringe through the magic of DVR, which means I'm going to have to drop Grimm down to online watching, probably mainly through Hulu. And in my opinion, I think many sci-fi fans are going to take this approach towards watching Friday Night Television, which means I think Grimm will be quickly facing cancellation if NBC does not go ahead and look at the online numbers. And this is kind of unfortunate because this show, I think, is going to be good due to it being produced by David Greenwald, the producer of David Boreanaz's first show, Angel. And I wish that I could give him the support that his new show deserves. You know, he uh, comes out of the Joss Whedon school of thought, which is a type of writing style I have a lot of respect for. And I wish I could at least DVR the show and I could watch it after watching French to give them credit, but I can't do that because I've got Supernatural and I kind of have my loyalty to Jensen Ackles since he is one of my favorite television actors. So it's kind of put me in a predicament. We'll see how things play out. And again, one of these shows may get moved. You don't know. I don't think the CW's movie Supernatural, but I kind of am holding out for hope with Fringe, but we'll see. Again, there is this possibility that NBC might also come to their senses and realize that Grimm might be better suited on a night where they're not competing against shows of the same genre. But I don't know if they're going to realize that either. NBC has made a lot of mistakes over the past couple of years, and this just might be another one. So 
We'll see. But with that, Nico, what were your thoughts on Friday Night Television? As you mentioned, Dan, Friday Night looks to be jam-packed with good shows all in one time slot. Uh, unfortunately, I'll be watching, well, fortunately or unfortunately, I'll be watching NBC's final season of Chuck, Fox's Fringe, CW's Supernatural, and I too will be somehow watching NBC's new show, Grimm, probably having to do some sort of online viewing as well. And I will also be adding CBS's Blue Bloods, which I got into last season right. and really enjoy. As you know, I'm a sucker for the police procedural. Yes. And, and I heard that's PI, a very solid show if you're into that sort of thing. Yeah, Magnum PI is pretty good on it too. So <laughs> Yeah. Actually a lot of people actually tune in for Selick. Or not purely for Selick, but mainly because Selick's on it and they're still huge fans of his, as I am as well. But with those four shows, that's a lot of TV for a Friday night. And I think the real question this fall will be if Supernatural can recover from a lackluster sixth season with a strong seventh season. Or if not, is this going to be a once great show that will limp into irrelevance? I'm really hoping that they can come back strong and they have good writing, good show running, and good stuff like they did at the end of the season to make this season pop like it used to and if it doesn't they're going to lose viewers real quick because if nbc's grim is going to be a very good substitute at that time slot so if they don't hit the ground running they're going to lose viewers to a potentially better show on another network that's a good point there i think supernatural is trying very hard to come back strong with bringing in jewel state Mm-hmm. and making some of those decisions. Yeah, a veteran actress in the third episode of the season because you expect a strong premiere and then there can be, a sometimes there's a drop-off on the second episode, but if it doesn't happen on the second episode, usually by the third episode you have a dud. But bringing in a, a veteran actress like her will be not a guarantee, but it'll help to alleviate that possibility of a third episode slump right so i think that's really smart on their part i think they realized they did wrong and it'll be an interesting panel to see what they're going to say or how much they're going to say about where they're going next mm-hmm. and if they admit they made a mistake or not some shows come out and they'll say hey we're sorry we were kind of off on this season we got it fixed and some shows try to avoid so we'll see where it goes with that the other possibility is Fringe is going to mix things up with how Peter fits into the storyline. And mm-hmm. people might not like that. So we'll see where that goes. We could have a full turnaround here where, and I doubt it's going to happen because Fringe's writers are so good, but we could have a full turnaround. Supernatural is really strong this season, and Fringe is kind of lost it. But uh, again, Grimm, they're going to hit the ground running with that show. I think that's going to be really strong too. But I think what's going to happen is I think all three of those shows aren't going to have great ratings. And if they were all on at separate times, they might fare better. But I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, absolutely. On that point, if they were not all three competing against each other, numbers for each individual one would be much higher, I think. Yeah. Exactly what you said. Now, the other thing is, do you think Chuck may get higher numbers than it has in the past due to it not being on Monday night? It, it will not have as much competition as it did on Monday night. Yeah, I'm just curious. But it's also Friday night. Right. But it's Friday night at 7. That's true. It'll probably have better numbers than 
the later show's time on a Friday. Because Smallville, in the end, actually was doing very well for itself on Friday night when it got moved. Again, the show, I think the quality of the show improved again once they got to that point as they moved into, you know, season nine. I think that's when they first started on Friday night. The quality of the show gotten a lot better at that point. But I think it helped that show out, and it may help out Chuck. Again, I don't know if the story can go much longer, though, at this point. Yeah, Chuck, we will see quite a few episodes, especially in the beginning, with Morgan learning to use the intersect and maybe Chuck trying to get it back. But we'll also see the evolution of Team Bartowski, as we've been calling it, and whatever they end up calling their new spy ring. I also think a, a villain choice is going to play a huge factor in next season, too. I actually think, I've been thinking about this, and I've been thinking that they're going to bring back the major villains that they've had in the previous season. So we'll see some more about the Ring, and we'll see possibly some of the early villains that they detained, because if it was all conspiracy, then those people might still be out there. Right. Well, it would be interesting if it is a conspiracy that they bring Chuck's old girlfriend back, Shaw. Yep. A lot of people watch Shaw, so I don't know if Brandon Ralph has anything else going on, so they definitely would want to see that. So um, we'll see where it goes. And, again, we need a big Jeffster blowout at some point in this next half because it was disappointing we didn't get a performance at the wedding. And, again, I know I sound like a broken record when it comes to Jeffster performances but i love them i mean break the bank there's no reason to keep it anymore you know yeah pretty much i have a feeling that final episode is going to be that way the other the other thing i was thinking is are they going to end up at 100 episodes or not that's a great question i don't know let me see if i can find real quick they're in the fifth season i think they will okay just a rough calculation i think that will i'm going to do Real quick to make sure. 18, 24, and 13. No, they won't. It's only 91. Oh, man. Bummer. Although there's going to be enough call for it to go in syndication that they may break that unwritten rule. Okay. The traditional rule is you have to have 100 episodes to make syndication, but I don't think there's any hard, fast law that says that. It's there's, probably- there's shows that have had less episodes. Yeah. That have made it, yeah. There has been. I think the rule's five seasons, to be honest. Yeah, if they had had a full first season, they would have made it for sure. But they only had 13 in that first season and 13 in the second season, so it makes it only have four full seasons. Well, that's a bummer. I was hoping we get to celebrate the 100th episode of Chuck. At least we get to celebrate the 500th episode of The Simpsons. That's pretty crazy. That is crazy. So that's going to be nuts, too. Now they're actually going to have a special panel at Comic-Con all about that, so that'll be interesting to see. Uh, keep your eyes peeled on YouTube for these guerrilla filmmakers putting up their recordings of these panels. Again, Comic-Con may crack down and prevent filming one of these days, but as long as they have this going, it's cool. We get an inside track on that. So with that, we're going to move on to the closing. Now, Nico, you want to take it away with telling everybody what's going on with our next episode our next episode will be dedicated to discussing the news and tv show panels from comic-con 2011 
So be sure to keep an eye out on our ATA YouTube channel, The Favorite Section, for videos filmed by fans attending each of the panels. Michael does a great job on the YouTube channel, so check those out because you're going to want to have a frame of reference when Ben and I will be talking about uh, those videos in our next episode. So we'll make sure they're up for a, you know, a good portion of time before we actually discuss them so you have a chance to actually view them before we're there. Or, you know, if you really want to be cool, you can be listening to our podcast, and then as we go to talk about something, you can stop the podcast, watch the video, and come back to it. I mean, it is computers. They're wonderful devices. Now, the other thing is the Comic-Con episode will be probably about... I'd say a week or two after Comic-Con. It just depends on how long it takes me to gather things all together. Next week, I will be attending Camp Horizon, which if you listen to, I think it's Across the Airways Episode 8, we recorded live from there last year. Unfortunately, due to circumstances, I'm not going to really be able to record from there this year, but I will be off a week because I will be at camp. So when I get back... I will get things going on the Comic-Con episode. So I'll be gone all next week. The week after that, I'll get going on Comic-Con. But next week, Michael and Nico will be around and hopefully posting news on our Facebook channel as well as the panels on our YouTube channel. And we're going to have a section, a playlist, just labeled Comic-Con 2011. And in that, you will find all the promos and panels that come out of Comic-Con relating to upcoming movies and the TV shows that we cover. Also, Michael will be having panels regarding comic books. Uh, DC Comics is renumbering all their comic books, so there's a lot of buzz about that. Um, instead of going with an issue 1,000, they're going to reset the numbers back to 1. That There's a lot of debate about that. So we're going to have coverage of that as well on our YouTube channel. Also, at the same time, and this is going to be another reference point we're going to use for our Comic-Con episode, I would make a point to watch the network G4's three-day coverage of Comic-Con, which will start airing on July 21st, because a lot of the news in our Comic-Con episode will be coming from the television broadcast revolving around Comic-Con. For the start times of the events, I said I was going to be posting them on the Facebook and Twitter page. We will be doing that, but for right now, I do have the time so I can mention them in the podcast. And basically, it's going to start... July 21st, and it's going to start on G4 for an hour special, and that's going to be at 7, 6 Central, and that is going to be an analysis on all the video game previews coming out of Comic-Con, and that will also include stuff about a game I'm really pumped up for, Batman Arkham City. So check that out. It's going to be about all the video games and stuff. We're not going to use so much information for that, but it's going to be fun to check out nonetheless. Then we've got pretty much one of our big news informers about the event. We're going to have a special episode of G4's very own Attack on the Show and that will be at 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 Central and that's, I think that's going to be an hour and a half show recording live for the first night of Comic-Con so check that out. And then on Saturday, and they're going to replay this again on Sunday, you have to look up the time on Sunday, but at 3 p.m. Central Time 4 Eastern they are going to do a three-hour live coverage of Comic-Con. And that's going to include previews, different actors that are going to show up at Comic-Con, 
everyone's thought. It's just a really great informational tool on everything that's coming out of the next year. So check that out. Watch that. Then following the Comic-Con, this is kind of cool, and this is going to be at 7 Central, 8 7 Central. They're going to show a preview for the Marvel anime series, which are showing on G4. Now, the first one's going to involve Iron Man. It's going to be a half-an-hour episode, and that will be at 8 o'clock, 7 Central. And then following that, at 8.30 Eastern, 7.30 Central, is the Wolverine Marvel anime. So check those out, too. They'll both be there. So there's all this great stuff on G4. They did an excellent job of covering it, and the attack on the show. Totals are a lot of fun and enjoyable to watch. I know Nico watches them on a regular basis. So uh, they're real great. So check them out and take a look at all those things. So with that, also, if you want to talk Comic-Con or this episode or new TV shows coming out or your excitement for Newcastle or Bridge or whatever's coming in the fall, you can contact us in a variety of ways. And you can do that by visiting our website at www.acrosstheairways.com. And there you can access our Twitter page, which is Across Airways. There's no the, there's just Across Airways. You can also like our page on Facebook. And through clicking that like button, you will get access to our Facebook Across the Airways page. And on that page, there's all sorts of news and information given to you personally by the great Nico. And also, you can access our YouTube channel run by Michael J. Petty and... For the next couple weeks, there will be all sorts of trailers, promos, and panels from Comic-Con posted all over that site. So please keep an eye on it. Michael will start working on that as soon as he can and as soon as those trailers start coming out. And if any of you listening to the show catch a trailer or there's something we've missed, please feel free to email us and give us the link. And we'll try to get that up on the YouTube page as fast as we can. So please keep us updated on your end as well with what's going on. And also, if you want to talk to us, you can leave us a voicemail. What's that number, Nico? 773-809-3363. And just in case I didn't mention it, I told you guys, you can email us. Our email address is acrosstheairwaves at gmail.com. Again, that's acrosstheairwaves at gmail.com. And if there's a video that hasn't made it on our YouTube page during Comic-Con, please feel free to send us the link through email or message us on our YouTube channel page. And also, if you want, so you don't have to come back and listen to this podcast, to access all these ways of communicating with us, you can download our Android app for Across the Airways. You go to the Android Marketplace, which is, there's a link to it on our site. You click that, you download the file on your phone, and from there you can access all of our podcast episodes and the way to communicate with us on Across the Airways, which is a flick of your finger. And it's a really nice system, so definitely check that out. So once again, for our brain trust member and birthday guy, Michael J. Petty, I'm Dan Schmidt. And I'm Nico Rustic. And until our next episode, we'll catch you on the airwaves. See you, everybody, and enjoy everything Comic-Con. I'm here. I don't need the sun.
we now return to our regularly scheduled program.